Hey everybody, before we get into this episode, I want to tell you a little bit about Carney Sando and Associates. Carney Sando and Associates helps educators find jobs that support their goals as teachers and school administrators. An educating recruiting firm working with K-12 independent private and charter schools across the globe, Carney Sando provides a free personalized job search service. When you sign up, you are paired with a highly qualified placement associate who will coach you through the search process, review your resume, and advocate on your behalf to schools that you may be interested in. With a 45-year history of placing talented people in over 1,800 different schools, you can trust the team to find you roles that fit what you are looking for. When it comes to job seeking, relationships matter, and Carney Sando has the connections you need to find your ideal position. Visit carneysando.com slash 2dope to schedule a time to speak with a member of their recruitment team. That's carneysando.com slash 2dope, C-A-R-N-E-Y-S-A-N-D-O-E.com slash 2dope to speak with a member of their recruitment team. Yo, so welcome back to Two Dope Teachers and a Mic. My name is Gerardo Munoz. I am Kevin Adams. And we are coming at you from Denver, Colorado. Kev, you can always tell it's spring in Denver because what used to be completely brown is now like brownish yellow with tinges of green. (laughs) A little bit of green. It's like that green, it's like that green crayon you got stuck with like there's like cool it's like olive green or whatever like so things don't turn green out here um but it is april kev how's your spring treating you uh it's so far so good three days in you know uh but uh and and you know speaking of colorado weather it's supposed to it's like 60 something today and it's supposed to snow tomorrow so it's april, supposed to snow spring, tomorrow springtime in the, oh I, I i just break that news to you you did. I'm not enjoying this. Um, I'm going to look. Yo, you are right, and that upsets me. Uh, the weather out here is racist. Like, racist, racist. <laughs> oh, that's deep. Now y'all racist. got me checking the weather. Oh, Colorado weather is racist. <laughs> that's deep right there. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, yeah. So we are the most dangerous podcast in the schoolhouse. Um, we are coming to you. Uh, every couple of weeks, whenever we get around to it, whenever, not whenever we get around to it, that's not fair to say. It's mostly whenever life permits us access to each other and to the public. Um, hey, hey, to quote, to quote the greats, you get the art when you get the art. <laughs> and if, hey, if you get that reference, you, 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 you're my types of people. That's, that's Yassine. Yassine Bey is like, is like, right. it come out when it come out. 
That's it. That's it. And and you know what? It's the art of it It all. It still hasn't come out though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, yo, if you um are new to the show, you should check us out on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Two Dope Teachers. We are on TikTok. Don't get your hopes up. We don't do anything on TikTok yet. It's Um, coming soon. Yeah, my coming soon. (laughs) Is it though? Gerardo can't get his steps right. Gerardo can't get his steps right in the dance. I'm not, I am oh, not going to stand oh, for this oh. for this slander, Kevin. I mean, this is like start rumors. You're going to come for my dancing now. I, I should be talking, Doctor Well, because rumors are facts. He he's a better he's he's a much better dancer than I am. Okay, he, he can break I mean, it down. And he can break it down. Is, Kevin's a musician, um, and so like they don't always get the chance to dance because they're up there playing the music. Like <laughs> right. they don't That's get to right. dance as much. Um, but yeah, I, I'm also not a natural dancer. I had to really learn it. Anyway, um, don't tell so, people that. Don't tell, so we'll get you on. Should never tell that part. We'll get on <laughs> TikTok eventually. You get two steps. Um, you get two yeah, steps. Everybody, there we go. See, I can do that. I can do that. Um, so we'll have um, we'll yeah we'll maybe do something with that. Maybe summer. Summer is when things sometimes happen. Um, right. and you can also find us on facebook.com slash two dope teachers and a mic. Um, as we said in the intro, we are brought to you by Carney Sando and Associates. Mm. Um, they're dope sponsors, check them out. Um, look them up, they can hook you up with some amazing career counseling if you're looking for a change in education. Um, you may have heard a third voice, and it's not just you, you're not imagining things, not a voice in your head, yeah. although. If Dr. Erica Glover was the voice in my head, I feel like I, my life would be a lot smoother. That's right. <laughs> Things there we go. would be a lot clearer. Dr. Glover, welcome to the show. What's going on, Two Dope Teachers Nation? This is it's yeah. a pleasure to be here. We are it's so, so good to have you here. To have you. This is great. We, Thank you. We've been uh, we've been kind of bantering back and forth, you know, for about the last twenty minutes or so, and um, and we already know we already know that 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 you you have a home um in the two dope nation. Uh, we do not uh have strict border control policies. We have okay. open borders. Uh, certain people in of per- certain political persuasions will not be happy to hear about our open border policy. Um, but you know, uh, two dope nation citizenship is for everyone. Dr. Glover, how are you doing? And I'm great. Um, I'm alive, right? Yes. Yes. You all were talking about what springs look spring looks like for you in Denver. I'm in Akron, Ohio, and I have a starter <laughs> kit spring too. It's like literally a starter kit, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> some patches of my grass will remain brown forever, I believe. Yep. And yeah. Then you're there's like... some patches that are like coming into like I feel like this, like okay, y'all potential over there. And yep, then there's some right. spaces that just makes me proud. Um, so like just to be able to see grass in general. Yeah. Um, a highlight for my day, not having to work, warm up my car is a highlight. Yes, yes. Being oh. able to wake up and it's light outside is a highlight. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. a piece of, that that so is like, really a big. Deal. And and it's like and it's not dark right now where we are. Yeah, like, right. It's not right? dark. Right. Like, there's a there's a whole different uh, aura that comes with winter, yeah. especially like that. I have to mentally prepare myself for. Yeah. So like I'm really excited about spring. I will not complain, yeah. even though, as I was sharing prior to you joining the call, Kevin. It could snow at every any moment, right? So yep. Yep. So I am mindful like of that and appreciative just of like it at here. the same time. You have to, you have to like stay in the moment, right? Like you have to yeah. kind of stay in the moment. When let me ask y'all. So when 
when for you when do you know spring has arrived like what is it like that tells you okay it's spring i can trust this that's a good question that is a good question i think i'd say i'd say you know it's it's when like here i feel like it's it's when we get it's because it's not like a temperature thing because sometimes it'll trick no, you and get yeah, really warm. Not. Right, right. But it, it's like uh, when it starts to rain, when you know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't get the snow. Not when it's not when it goes back and forth, but yeah. when it really starts, when it finally starts raining. Does this you happen know? in Akron, uh, Erica? Like, like cause because we have it'll go back and forth for a few hours. It's like yeah, oh, it's you'll have raining. days no, wait, where it'll start snow. out raining, then it'll be snowing, then it'll go back right? to rain no, first. Definitely. Okay. Then you're sitting in the car trying to figure out, I don't know what the hell this is. Like, I don't. <laughs> you're like, what is going on? I don't know on? if I should turn my wipers on now. Yeah. yeah. Frost. At what point off? do I put on like, the defrost? Yeah. I, yeah. I like that, Kev, because like when it rains and it stays rain. Yeah. Then you and it's... know that we're probably out of the woods. I get yeah. that. Yeah. Your response is so much better than mine, Kevin. I was <laughs> going to say something that is not true. Like, but it's the only thing <laughs> it's not... So I was going to say when I don't have to wear my coat consistently. Like, mm, yeah, maybe yeah, not, but you're like, not I, thinking I would, about I'd rather it. I'd say jacket than coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah if yeah. I go outside, I'm like, oh, no, no, I can't wear this. Nope, this, you're this, like, I got to grab something. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. This is ridiculous. This is way yeah, too hot. So hard. I think when I go from the coat to the jacket, like, mm. that's that's the ritual. It's like, oh, like I've arrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Kevin, rain resonates with me. Uh, uh dr erica like for me i get really stubborn like as soon as it turns march i stop wearing a jacket like or a coat and mm. like and and it's very much to my detriment like it's not smart but it's it's like i'm i'm over it and i'm like i'm just not gonna i'm not even gonna play by these rules like i'm gonna okay, I'm, so I i'm gonna make a point question. are yep. you wearing open toe sandals too no, nah, I don't wear open toe sandals. All right, cool. Even All right, cool. Like, cool, nah, cool. nobody wants to see that. I played soccer my whole life. Nobody wants to see my toes. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're we're both dads, so I think we're committed by law to wear black socks anytime. <laughs> anytime we wear sandals. So. Wait, is that why my tax bill was so high? Myself. I'm <laughs> do not I do, oh, don't let them know. When I, I, I question myself when I start to see folks starting to wear open toe sandals. I'm like, oh, yeah, that time. See in Colorado, people do that anyway. Like you'll you'll see, dude. So the Colorado uniform is like a North Face coat, like a puffy coat, shorts, and flip flops. Oh, (laughs) that's that's the winter uniform. It's a very strange state to live in. For me, I think, and and of course, this is not true. But for me, I I start believing in spring when I hear birds. Like when I hear the birds singing, like I start believing and maybe that's why I stop wearing my coat when I, you know, first hear birds because I'm like, it's spring and then I'm cold. Um, But it's I think for me, that's that's what it is. That and um, the drag racing picks up outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That increases (laughs) the the bad conditions. They don't do it as much. But, man, you hear it and it's like, oh, man, it must be springtime. (laughs) You've got prime drag racing territory. We do like right. You you have the spot where they have the signs up that are like, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. No, it's a trip. It's a trip out here. Um. Yeah, this is so it's it's really great to have you um on the show. There's a couple of things I want to get your thoughts on. Oh, Kev, we also have an update from my mother. Oh, oh yes, um, so yes. so 
<laughs> and uh Dr. And she Lewis listens. My mom. She does she, listen. She, she listens. does listen. I have to give her credit for that. So, but um, but frequently what happens is that we do a lot of this and she doesn't have the longest attention span. I feel like I can say that about my mother. One of her dear friends referred to her as being eternally double parked. Like she doesn't <laughs> actually stay. <laughs> she's always got other things she's doing. I like doing. that. I like yeah, that. She's just always like double that. parked. And uh and so I made a joke on episode 116 when we hosted uh, Dr. Deborah Offner um, that my mother probably stopped listening about eight minutes in. And she said, um, she's like, correction, sometimes I listen up to 10 minutes. There we go. There we go. There and we she go. also said that I was not a perfect child, but that um, but that I was great and amazing. And there I we just, go. Wow. I just Your want mom, the record. Your mom said the same thing about you that my mom said about me. (laughs) It wasn't perfect, but you were good. We've we've talked about having our our mothers on on the podcast. Oh, there we go. Mother's Day episode. Mother's Day episode. Oh, that'd be great. There we go. Also, um, shout out to my wife who does not listen to the podcast. She says that um, I talk enough. (laughs) <laughs> in in the house that um that she doesn't need to listen to me talk more when i'm not around <laughs> i'm not sure how to take that but there we and, go uh, there we go and uh dr erica glover says hi wife um and uh my daughter my child actually wants on the show we've talked about there we like, go having there we go one of these things and yes. um she's way more interesting than i am um so i want to get your thoughts so like Dr. Glover, you are a former student athlete, former pro basketball player. I have to tell you, you are the second professional basketball player I've hosted on a Two Dope Productions podcast. This is dope. I love ball. Yes. Um, and and like, so I want to talk to you about Angel yeah. Reese and Caitlin Clark. <laughs> this is this is all over the news right now. Yeah. Twitter is unhinged. Yeah. Like Twitter has yeah. lost its mind about yeah. this. Man, tell tell me how you're feeling about about this whole thing. <laughs> so first of all, I have to <clears throat> first say that I didn't have to be a student athlete during the times that they are. And I think that this is folks yep. aren't really understanding what that yep. means because they are learning and growing in real time in front of with everybody watching globally, right? Like yeah. so like uh it's it's unfortunately it's almost as if um there's no room for learning or falling forward, if you will, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, no, and then real. that brings real. into the whole conversation of how we adultify folks. Yep. It brings in the whole Ooh, conversation of how we police um, bodies and yep. the way that folks respond. It brings into the yeah. whole conversation of how certain things are normalized for men and not women. Yep. It brings into the whole conversation of, um, you know, how folks might respond when someone who is black, you know, does yep. a certain thing yep. um, versus someone who is white um, does a certain thing. So I, I begin my point saying all of those things that we really need to think about. Dr. Time. Era's like, she's like, please do not yeah. sensationalize this. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, do yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. No, yeah. That, that's, a, that's a great point. I appreciate but, that. But, and so and with that, I want to pivot basketball move. And also say yep, that right. both of those athletes are super dope. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's quite honestly, it was the first time in, when I say years, y'all, years that I've walked and watched an entire 
championship game NCAA for women's years. Wow. And I watched the entire game and didn't even want to get up to use a restroom. And it, so it was a game. It was, it was a game. game. So yep. it, it's, it's, it, it makes me happy to see what women's basketball is about to do. Like yeah. it was Kaylin, you know, everyone's like, she's a Steph Curry. I was like, no, she's Caitlin. Yeah, that's right. Caitlin, that's right. Man. Like, don't do that. She's Caitlin. Yeah, you know that's right. Yeah. That's so right. like, I'll honor you, Caitlin, for that. Um, she's yeah. doing things that are beyond what a lot of people understand, especially at the collegiate level. Yeah. Especially at the, the, you know, division one school she's at, because I, yeah. always, uh, you know, keep it real. They yeah. weren't always a part of that conversation. You know nope. what I'm saying? So like, I want right. to make sure I point right. out kudos to Iowa and 18. Yeah. I also want to say that there is a space to be able to talk about some of the like points that Miss Reese brought to our attention. Yeah. Yep. Like, how I can be self and how I'm unapologetically okay with being self. Yep. Um, and then the amount of talent uh, for both teams, but how folks were sleeping on LSU with the talent they had too, right? Like, yep. Yep. It, right. I, I can't, That's first right. of all, and, and I want to go back to my point, I can't even imagine having a transfer portal. Like, I think folks who used to hoop and play or football, I don't care what you're talking about. If you yep. were a student athlete, and um, back when I like, I was, I don't want to tell y'all my age. So I, <laughs> nope, yeah, I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking about 2015, right? 20, it's, it's, 2019. You know, I feel uh, like that's mine is 20, you know. Okay, but what 20, I will yeah. say is, <laughs> what I will say is, we didn't have the transfer portal option. Yep. So, yeah. even a coach being able to pull nine people out of that and create yeah. community yep. where everyone believes in themselves, like, I think, yeah. There's so much to this conversation that um, is not really captured. And yes, it's going to be lost in in all you know of the sensation. But what I will say is this coming from be- playing with mostly guys growing up. Yeah. Yep. And um, having to hold my own in that space. <laughs> she said, yes, hold her own. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to hold my own. I wasn't about to do nothing bad. I just had to respond in my play. Right. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Said, Having having said that, you know, I think it's important for us to all acknowledge that competition in sports is very, very different. Like, yeah, people go on that court on that football field and they become someone else. They're all right. You will. You know what I'm that's saying? Right. And Beyonce and Sasha yep. Fierce, that's real. Yep. 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 Bio, Bayou Barbie. Yeah. And yep. Reese, like that's real. So like that is yeah, as a former right. athlete who who in my mind wanted to the, be the best at everything. Hey, if we race into the to get the water at halftime, I want to be the first one there. Like that's right. Coming from that space of competition, yeah, I did it all, like both ways. You know what I'm saying? But I think that there are some things that are pretty much that are nuanced in terms of that conversation. Yeah. That we need to see have different types of conversations about. Yeah. And I found the whole thing to be so like, not, not the social media, like, you know, um, I don't even know what word to use. Uh, kerfuffle. Is that a good word? Kerfuffle. kerfuffle. Uh, that kind of blew up. I got to write it down. Yeah. I don't, uh, don't even ask me how to spell it, but like okay. all, all this <laughs> kind of blew up on, on social media. Like I'm not even talking about that, like, but watching parts of that tournament, because I also, I have to split my time between, um, you know, watching the number one seed Denver Nuggets in the West. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure that wasn't, I was a, plug. Pretty, that wasn't a plug. Pretty <laughs> sure that during <laughs> they don't need me, but pretty sure that during uh during that incident, um, you know, Peyton Watson was uh was swatting Steph Curry into into another time zone. Um, but 
I, I found the whole thing really humanizing because because you because it reminded me of where I grew up. I grew up about 20 minutes from here and we we had an asphalt basketball court called um the cage and if I'd grown to be taller than 58, you know, maybe basketball would have stayed my first love. <laughs> um and uh you know, but but I grew up playing there and and you know, pick up basketball just like pick up soccer and that's that's my adopted sport. Um, pick up basketball really is about figuring it out and not letting anyone like push you down and they'll push you down with skills, but they also do a lot of this. Oh, just like, like your, like your mouth. My, my grandmother once told me that I had, to, I was going to need to how to learn how to fight or learn how to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't learn how to shut up as every single person in my life will tell you. Um, but you know, you had to be able to talk the talk as well as, is playing the game. And so seeing that and just being like, oh, this is getting like contentious. This is passionate. And um, and I think it's beautiful. And I think to your earlier point, you know, we see like all of this happen on the men's side with no like similar conversation. And there were people that were turned off about Caitlin too in the rounds leading up to it. And I was just kind of like, like, isn't this why we watch sports? Like we watch sports because we want we we want to see people like really go for it and really um get passionate about it but um so i followed angel reese it's the best twitter account out there right now she is just not worried and you know she's 20 and you know she's out there and you know she's fighting that fire with fire you know you know what else too to your point i think it's important for us to acknowledge the get back like, to get back, you know what I'm saying? Caitlin ain't going home, just just sitting <laughs> right. and just mad. And that's right, probably, you know, she's not going home just pouting and mad. Caitlin going home, and she about I bet Caitlin in the gym right now. Yep, that, that's be, it. That's I'm gonna be surprised if Caitlin is yeah. in the gym right now, and that's, that's, right. The, that's the beauty of it, right? That's it, how it yeah. is. You know that's what I'm saying? It it's like, oh, you got me this time. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, but no, 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 sweetheart. <laughs> yep. right? This no, is the, no. the beginning of the legend. This is the no, beginning. No. This you... that it starts. Hey, let's I'm do excited this. To... Let's, we can have the same conversation and talk about Michael Jordan and Isaiah. Yep, Thomas. yep. I was thinking uh, the same thing. Magic Johnson and, and Magic Larry and Bird. Yep, you yep. Know yep. Right? So that's why, like, I just like uh, the way that is framed. I think is a good opportunity for us to have real conversations. But if you're talking about sports, it's to get back on the get back now. That is, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. And that's part of that's just part of what happens. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna get back at you. This ain't. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and that's such a great way to look at it is that we maybe have just witnessed the opening salvo of a legendary rivalry. rivalry. Both of these women are going to be in the WNBA. Both of these women are going to make major contributions to their teams. And man, if man, we see them in a championship series like best of seven. eventually like that i think that could be great i also think about it in turn and i don't know kev if, if you had a similar thought i love this is a dream to me because because i feel like we're starting with basketball and i feel like we're going to end with hip-hop and that's just like you know two things love and basketball love and basketball there we go oh that's there the name of this episode there we go and Brown's but we'll call it brown sugar in there too there we we're go. gonna call right. it there you go yeah brown glove sugar. and basketball oh <laughs> that glove and basketball um no i mean i think about this as a teacher because you know the way that you know there's this debate over the propriety with which these two women were behaving and whatever 
I think about it through the perspective of a teacher, like how many times have we seen black and brown girls scolded and um, and and punished for doing things that we see their white counterparts also doing. So like this whole thing of um, of like the boss girl energy is celebrated when it comes to a lot of um, young white women. But when that's it right. Comes- are black and brown women you know and that's one thing i tweeted today was kind of like yeah i mean as teachers we need to think about how these two identical behaviors are being received and why they're being received differently at this point kev i don't know if you thought of it like that um but but that kind of came to mind for me i mean i definitely see that you know when you mention it um i could definitely you know i wasn't thinking about it that way but when you say that it's definitely, you know, what we see happen all the time. And, uh, and you know, and I think it's funny um, how the outrage manifests itself. It always yeah. is fascinating at who and, and what it's about. Um, but again, if you understand youth culture, you get it. You get it. Yep. You understand sports. And I think you understand that's what it comes culture. down to. You, you understand the 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 inseparable relationship between basketball culture and hip hop culture, like those things feel like it's why I love the, I love pro basketball, like more than any other, like WNBA and NBA. I I love those leagues the most because there's face recognition. Like you see the players you, and it's not like the NFL where everyone's got helmets on. It's not like soccer where you're so far away. You can't actually always tell who everybody is. There's like an intimacy when it comes to professional basketball players where it's like, you know, you see their personalities. And so I think that's another part of just why I, I think I think someone wrote about that. I, th- I don't think that's my idea, but um, but it's something <laughs> that I really uh, I really appreciate um, now. And thanks for bringing it back to, to ball, because I think that when we start, we get into a really strange situation when we start extrapolating lessons that are beyond um, the field. And obviously the the court, the field exists in the world and the dynamics in the world impact that they always will. But I think also it's important to recognize like these events in the context of this was the NCAA tournament. This was the final. And there are some things that are just about ball. So here's to the, here's to the get back. Um, definitely. Uh, there's always a get back. You here's always to the future. Teams. Witness it. Witness that's right. It. That's it. That's, that's, right. The, that's the best part about it. This is great. I just get All to right. watch. I, I like, <laughs> I like that as a beginning. Uh, Dr. Glover, let's talk a little bit about, you know, who you are, and what you do. Um, so there's a lot that you, you've done here. Um, you've been involved in community, both on and off the court. Um, you have this great organization that you run, you have a book, uh, that we're going to talk about in a second, but what brought you into this education? What brought you into these education streets? (laughs) Right. So, so like the, 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 the response that I have is so cliche and I I hate that it is like, but it is my (laughs) group. Um, I really is providential. I really believe I was purposed to be in this space. Mm, mm. Um, and, and so there's a part of this, this belief that is connected to a story, right? So like at 12 years old, so at 12 years old, several things happened to me in my life. My dad became an ordained minister. Okay. Um, he went from working full time at a steel mill, making really, really, really good money at that time. 
right? Yeah. My mom was working at the telephone company, making really, really good money. Mm-hmm. So we went like to Jefferson's, kind of like, yep, we were yep. moving on up, right? <laughs> yeah, moving on up. Yeah, yeah, to the east side. Well, on the east side, it was the west side, but. Side. <laughs> and so like, um, then my dad, when he became an ordained minister, he be, he pivoted and went full-time into that space. Uh-huh. And so things changed dra- uh, like drastically for our family, right? Yep. I have a brother and a sister. My parents are still married 49, to the, 49 years to this day, but they recognized something in me that I didn't even realize in myself. And I knew it was something because I became a Sunday school teacher. At okay. 20. So like, they were just like, oh you yeah. Said, did you gonna- say at 20? At 20 at 12, or 12? 12. 12. 12. 12. Okay. 12. Sorry. You cut out on my side a little bit. 12. Yeah, 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 yeah. At 20, dang. It's a yeah. family business now. Right, right. <laughs> so like, I didn't really, like, I was just told to do it. And they yep. were like, yeah, turn this in every uh every friday i don't know i don't know what it was but they wanted me to turn something <laughs> in to tell them what i was going to do and they were going to review it and then i was going to teach it and um i had no idea that i was like actually you know being prepared to be a teacher yeah and i don't know if that was truly their intention i never like i talk we talk about it but i've never asked the question I'm like hey were y'all really trying, were y'all trying to drive me into teaching <laughs> what's going on here um, but, um, when I look back and I think about my earliest moments and times and teaching, I wasn't pretend teaching, teaching with my stuffed animals or baby dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, I was a Sunday school teacher. And then, um, I started being asked to tutor my cousins and I'm like, all right, anything you all right. like, all right, you know, I can do that. Yeah, cool. And then I started being asked to like, you know, go and we were doing basketball camps and like, oh, you got your own station. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, okay. All right. Got so it. Like yep. things were kind of just happening in that space for me. And um, and so I ended up going to school. And then and when I was a student athlete, I heard a couple of my uh, teammates talking about, you know, the space of becoming an intervention specialist. I had never heard of it at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And so I had a couple of cousins who um, I definitely know were on, had IEPs. Yep. So I was tutoring those cousins and I'm like, you know what, this might be the space for me. Yep. Um, and so I started taking classes and like, when I tell you it was easy um, <laughs> for me to teach the theory and yeah. all of that stuff, I'm like, eh. <laughs> but for me to actually go and implement and do the work, um, yeah. I believe that it started early, just work, you know, yeah. siblings and cousins and things of that nature. And that's how, Quite honestly, it all began. It was like seeing something in me and and giving me the opportunities to see it in myself. Yeah, and you went on and got a doctorate. So, and w- what's your uh, doctorate in? My doctorate is in uh, urban education with a specialization in policy and planning. Oh, so, um, I didn't know at the time I was really trying to understand myself, but isn't that the whole? Mm. Yep, life? yep, right. <laughs> yep. So I learned a lot about myself at that time. It was for one point in time we were in class and out loud. I was I, I thought I was thinking to myself. Yep. <laughs> um, and I said out loud, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having an identity crisis. And my my homegirl looked at me like, hey, you know, we in class. Uh, <laughs> She's like, uh-oh, oh no. Uh-oh. They just asked you if you want to bring snacks next week. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm taking it all the way over here to the right. Yeah. Like looking at me like, but it, it was true. Um, urban education, the degree that I have in urban education, like, um, we did unpack critical race theory. We did yep. um, talk a lot about intersectionality. We yep. did look out the uh, foundations of education, generally speaking, from multiple perspectives. We looked at law and policy and how it impacts communities today. So, like, I literally was having um an identity crisis, and I remember. Yeah. One I'm asking, like, why do I have to pay 
to learn what I should to learn. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, why I got to pay to learn what I should already know? And I don't want to move too yeah. far into the conversation, but that is one of the reasons why Disrupt the University, you know, kind of be, be, became, you know, what it is outside of the research that I've been able to draw from it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Disruptor University. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, basically with my research, I interviewed uh, six uh, individual interviews and then six as a focus group, 12 total uh, black educators. Yes. And what I was trying to understand was, all right, you're teaching in urban schools and you 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 believe yourself to be a successful educator in that space. What is it that occurred when you were an adolescent that impacts and influences who you are as a professional? And um and wow. how is yeah. it um manifesting itself? <laughs> you're like, you're like, I had an identity crisis. I want all y'all to have you're an identity all y'all about to be a part of we, we are family. <laughs> right. like, hey, hey, all y'all come and get this. Hey. I mean, I think, but that's so it. critical because I think, and you know, I'm in second year doc student, and so I'm like, I think I'm experiencing some of that you're right like, now. I, you know, um, as soon as Dr. Glover said that, you're like, oh, wait. it's not just me but i think you know and i I think that's so important because i and like i think even before that you said something about you know how really it was about trying to find yourself i i literally put that in a goal that i set for a class i took last quarter trying to learn more about myself so so what you what you did with it which i think is incredible is is you developed this idea called disruptive university um, in order to invite people into the trauma. Yeah. So, well, what's interesting is that it was a qualitative design um, research project and the most frequently used word was disruptor or, or excuse me, disrupt. Yep. Disrupt. So um, what the black educator said was they disrupt the interruptive experiences of their scholars and so interruptive could be like we can just we can have a whole lot of conversation about this right interruptive can be as a result of brown versus board of education um and the desegregation of schools even though i'm going to an integrated school i'm still experiencing segregation that's right yeah differently right like as an educator right i am entering to and a lot of the educators talked about cultural shock And they were bused from one side of the town to another. And cultural shock was like, and and I say this because it's it's very important to unpack later, but they talk about cultural shock in terms of uh, going into communities with Black people who they didn't know. Yeah. um, And then going into communities and schools with white people who didn't want them there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like this, um, you know, like, School identity and identity within schools and a sense of belonging is real. And I don't think people take that. Uh, I think people take that very lightly. So yeah, it's really interesting yeah. to hear some of the educators who mm-hmm. were uh, 15 years in, 20 years in, 25 years in, talk about their experiences around desegregation, around school close, school closure, yeah. and having mm-hmm. to figure mm-hmm. out who they were differently. So yeah, yeah, it was interesting. You know, it's yeah. fascinating, Dr. Glover, when you when you talk about just that experience like of students experiencing busing, right? Mm. They, you take black students, come from different communities, put them all on the same bus together, send them into this hostile environment of white folk. What does that sound? What does that remind us of? Mm. I'm thinking, uh, you know. But, uh, but I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, like when we think about like, 
what what and I always wonder this, you know, and and I love to hear the stories of black educators that stick it with it. Mm. Right. What is it? And this is what we me and Gerardo always talk about is that black educators and brown educators a lot of times bring a different sensibility to the work, a way of thinking about it, an approach of the purpose of it. And and I love my white colleagues, you know, but but just like what motivates us and how we enter into the classroom, I feel like is is a little different. Kevin, man, I I listened to this uh, thirteen minute sermon, um, but from Steve Ferdy today, mm-hmm. and one of the things he says um, is one of the things he said was it's hard to be something you've never seen. Yeah. And um, and he gave a really good example of that. He talked about um, how his father, his father found his his father's father killed himself and his father found his father. Hmm. So like his father found his grandfather. And so he found him at eight. And so his father never learned how to be a father. father. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like he was just trying to figure it out as he went. And so like when I think about folks who aren't in the spaces to help understand how to help us understand how to navigate or help us understand what we need to navigate. Um, yeah. That's when they have to do more learning. Yeah. And that's where that point that he made was, you know, how can you be something you've never seen is, is yep. relevant in that space, right? Like just yep. sit back and learn for a second. You got to learn. Yep. 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 Yeah. 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 And I think the feeling of kind of coming into a teaching space, because you know, <clears throat> we know that the, that the that the mainstream my my advisor refers to it as the white stream you know education space um can feel really foreign to a person of color who's Absolutely. who's come from these other from other air like the place that I grew up was real different and I and I did grow up on the east side um was <laughs> real different from where I went to where I was bus for elementary school like the entire history of school integration in Denver, Colorado, after the keys decision, that was my education. Like after kindergarten, all of a sudden being bused 40 minutes across town to an, to a predominantly white school in an affluent neighborhood. Like literally my first friend at this school was the grandson of the mayor of Denver. Like this was a person that, and had an arena named after him, McNichol sports arena. Like that was my friend Rob. Shout out to Rob. I think he listens to the podcast. We reached out to him after a lot of years. Super great dude. Um, but you know, being sort of removed from that area during those early years, and then and then I went to middle and high school in my neighborhood, and then a couple of years after I graduated, busing ended in Denver, and so so it's just really interesting to kind of think about that, and like you got me thinking about like why I came into teaching, like like my mother is a retired teacher, so the so the profession did, felt more natural for me, um, and my dad who doesn't have a whole lot of formal education, um, he coached soccer for a lot of years, and so when I watched him coach, like that was how he taught, and yeah. um, but that's a real difficult thing to kind of step into. And for years, I mean, this is part of me and Kev's origin story is for years, I was the only teacher of color um, on any staff that I served on. And so you start separating pieces of your identity, you know, when you're in different spaces. And it was always for me, it was always an an identity negotiation. And it sounds like these 
these kind of interruptive experiences that that you have written about and and discussed like it feels it feels like a way to explain a lot of what i was like you were there wow it's wild um yeah, yeah there's research out there about mo uh from um mohe i think martinez they talk about living in a hyphen Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Living so like you live in that, like I was uh for I think the first my first year, I was the only black girl on my team that traveled. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand why I didn't want to watch the movies on the road. Yep. Like, yep. You know what I'm saying? Like when they listen to music, I'm like, uh yeah. You know, yep. like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm living on a hyphen, I'm negotiating part of my identity to yeah. fit, right? And not yep. yeah. back on what I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Man, well, one of one of the Thrilled. things, and 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 really, um, probably the the most interesting thing out of all the interesting things, um, that you're offering us is your book. So you've got a book out. Um, it's called Centering Student Voice: A Guide for Cultivating Emotionally Intelligent Educators and Culturally Responsive Classrooms. Um, that is so like so. First, that, that speaks to my heart and to Kevin's. Like I, I for for me, um, learning about all the various ways to elevate and amplify student voice yep. um, in my classes was probably the most meaningful thing I did in a 23-year teaching career. Kevin teaches student voice and leadership now. Mm. And so, man, so ah, tell us about this book. And um, and I already have the website up. Like y'all gotta, y'all gotta get this book. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about the book and, you know, how it kind of came to fruition and what you're hoping for with it. Yeah. So it came to be as a result of my experiences as as an administrator, um, and, uh, watching educators and scholars in this space of, and I'm going to be, I'm going to speak very lightly here, disagreement, um, of, um, not being able to repair relationships, um, not being able to move past uh, uh, certain incidences with family. So it yep. like, mm. came from some different experiences that I've had um, where in the business sector, emotional intelligence is highly not just praise, but people will train in that space, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. We now realize in the space of education that social, well, social emotional well-being is important, right? Yep. But how have we prepared educators to actually understand how to model. Well, I think that's what's so interesting too, because I'm sure that people will look at this book title and say, oh, it's a guide for culturally cultivating emotionally intelligent students. That's not where right. you say where no, you say the is, work needs to happen. You're, you're saying right. it needs to be the educators. Right. So it's the work before the work. Right. Work before so the work. I'm a I'm gonna talk a little bit about Kobe or LeBron. We can go because I'm the you know I'm a LeBron fan. Um I'm a Kobe fan as well, but you know, folks just watch the work on TV. Yep. Right. You see all of the. I have to say, I, I'm I'm absorbing this right now. I'm trying to uh-huh. sit in my feelings a little bit. I, you know, okay. the Lakers. Uh, yeah, that's a that's that's okay. a tough I'm one. I'm sorry. This is okay. I, I, I'm, I'm. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. No, I'm not going to honor Denver want... in this space, but Denver <laughs> is Denver is and should be recognized. Okay. So we so have this like we have we have we have this inferiority complex where okay, like, okay, okay. where where we'll be like. Gosh, that Nuggets Lakers rivalry, and I'm like, I don't think the Lakers know it's a rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other side's like, so here's, 
Here's what I do. I won't be disrespectful. <laughs> here's no, what be I do. You, be you. Here, here's what I do. I'll speak to LeBron because I actually played LeBron when he was in yeah. high school. I used to go to their open gyms often. Hey, oh, wow. so, yes. so I'm, I'm oh, just going to work for LeBron for right here too. because I have a personal connection. Yes. All right. All right. LeBron, and Akron, Akron. Right, like Akron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. People <laughs> will see the work on TV, yes. but they don't understand yes. the work that happens before. Yes. They don't understand the mental strength that it takes to take yeah. the last shot and make it. They don't yep. understand the mental preparation with the practice that happens around yeah. all of this. They don't understand what, what being in a weight room means in terms of why folks don't call fouls on LeBron James because he's so strong, right? So yep. there's work that happens before the work that you see. And I yeah. think oftentimes in the space of education, we skip the work before the work. And mm. so as we're thinking about Okay, we, we're talking about cultural responsive classrooms. We're talking yeah. about um, social well-being. We're talking about um, all of the abolitionist teaching and learning, yep. anti-racist education. All of those things are so important. But let's go yep. back to the point of our conversation we talked about earlier. You, It's hard to be what you can't see. So yeah. the majority of the educator population are white women. So That's we're right. expecting white women to automatically understand what they've not seen or experienced. Now, I'm not right. saying I'm giving anyone a pass in this space, yep. but if I yeah. am a leader and my job is to coach you, then I yeah. have to begin with the work before the work. That's right? right? I mean, I think, so, I think that's so, right. Like, yeah. and Here's the other thing. Kobe and LeBron put tools on their tool belt all the time. Kobe and yeah. LeBron both mimic uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? There is different things. Kobe had Allen Iverson's uh, crossover, right? Yep. So yep. we're pulling different things from different that fade away, that fade away that he learned that he learned that's from dirt. Why I, yeah. That's why I don't push back against the different ways of seeing teaching and learning from our black researchers and theorists. I'm going to talk yeah. a lot, talk about abolitionist teaching and anti yeah. I'm talking about all of that because it helps yeah. you develop who you are as an educator. It builds yep. up your teaching game, a big exactly. it builds up your um, education game. You know, I, I think that's that's so interesting. Are you are you familiar with Chris Ballard's book, The Art of the Beautiful Game? It's no. it's phenomenal, and it it unfortunately it, like it was written at a time when uh, women's basketball was still much more marginalized than it is now. And so, but what Chris Ballard did was interview um, NBA players about the game, and so he talks about watching pick and rolls with LeBron and watching LeBron, like rewind them and playing back. See, see, look, look, look at this. Uh, Kobe, like talking about footwork and like doing all these other kinds of okay. things. So it's like getting into those fundamentals and like really learning about, but also being open to things. Like I remember someone talking about Kobe Bryant's fadeaway and he's like, that's Dirk's like Dirk. I learned that from Dirk mm. and like just a really interesting way to put it. So, but it, and it is true. Like, I think that we, enter these spaces and i think maybe social media is kind of culpable in a lot of this where it's like we have to have zero sum conversations about teaching and learning for the kids who need it the most who are the most school dependent as like lori latson billings would would describe it and we don't think about but are we actually doing the things that set educators up for success yeah, and then you yeah, think you look pensive. Kevin looks pensive. No, look how I'm pensive just thinking. No, no, <laughs> just thinking. You know, but like you think about teacher ed programs, how much of it focuses on that type of those pieces of learning? And I think uh, you might be lucky to have educators nowadays um, 
who are uh, teaching pre-service educators who, you know, who are bringing up this stuff and having people reflect on it. And what role does your identity, like you're not just coming into this room to teach. And, and like, I think about like teacher colleges, you know, like in Ohio, right? In rural, like where all colleges are, Boulder, Colorado, right? And these kids yeah. that are coming from suburban schools and it's like, well, what, and, and what are you going into? And, and how do you really know yeah. what the kids are like and how do you react and how do you show the same sort of patience that you would show to your little brother or your little sister when yes. they, you know, and how do you, how do you hold them accountable in, in authentic ways that respect their humanity and their dignity and, and help to guide them because it's not about just letting them off the hook. Right. Yeah. And it's not about overreacting to everything that they do because they kids in the end, yeah. they are children. And I think people lose sight of that, that adultification, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I talk a lot about this. circle. Group, I love like, it. And it's a difference <laughs> between relationships and authentic relationships. And um, I just had this conversation with some pre-service teacher today. Like, you know, a relation, a teacher-scholar relationship occurs because of our roles. Like, you're the scholar. I'm the teacher. There's a relationship. Yep. Right. You come yep. to my classroom just because you're sitting there and you're complying doesn't mean you're learning. Yeah. Um, just because you're not engaged doesn't mean you're not learning. Yeah, right? that's right. So, so when you with the difference between that relationship was authentic is when it's authentic, it's you you know me enough to understand the barriers that I see and that I face, and you're working to help me not just advocate for myself, yeah. but to understand how to advocate for others. We have a generation of scholars who are ready to be cultural responsive educators in the future. Yeah. But at the position and the point that we are historically speaking, with the political Issues that we're happening across oh, our country. Issues. It's, yep. issues. From, right, you know what I'm saying? it's keeping us from doing that work. To some, I should yeah. say us, is, is trying to push us back from doing that work. So to be a cultural responsive educator means I've been cultural responsive as a scholar. Yep, like, that's right. It's a cycle of socialization that I think yeah. we don't think about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 many thoughts because that's some of the work I'm doing right now with Voices for Honest Education. Like like we're seeing that any any of the anything that would seem to um, to amplify the needs and the and the and the strengths that and the gifts that Black and Brown children bring into a space that Black and Brown communities contribute to in the educational space. Um, and to say nothing of LGBTQ um, folks that are that are in our communities is is being silenced and and sanctioned and criminalized. And so um, but being culturally responsive in that research, that's the other thing that's been really important. So so how does this idea of improving um, like sort of cultivating these emotionally intelligent educators how does that feed into um into strengthening and centering student voice yeah so like any like let's we can move out of space education right in a space um let, let's go just in the business world just generally speaking um and i, I kind of said this before um mm -hmm. emotional intelligence oftentimes soft skills will be the yep, reason yeah. why folks get promotions yep yeah will be the reason why folks are in certain spaces and in the room 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the, even at the table, it doesn't always, yeah. and, and that could be different. There's disparities even in that, right? Yep, there is yep, yep, in yep. That, that we could talk about. Um, and so the reason why emotional intelligence specifically is important in space education is, is because it's connected co- to cultural awareness, right? So if you think about emotional intelligence, you're thinking about self-awareness, social awareness. And so for me to understand what triggers me, for me to understand how to leverage commonalities and differences appropriately, I have to understand myself to understand yep. how open or not I am to different. Yeah. And so when you think about emotional intelligence, it is the foundation of becoming more culturally aware. There are some other um, uh, tenets of emotional intelligence, uh, uh, management and regulation. And if yep. you think mm-hmm. about when a scholar says something <clears throat> inappropriate to you, how mm-hmm. you respond back can make yeah. sure it might determine if you have your job or not, right? That's so, right. That's, right? <laughs> That's an element of emotional intelligence because when and you think about it in the classroom, typically conflict happens when difference happens. That's right. Right. And so I have to be able to understand different differently. Yeah. And when you're thinking about emotional intelligence outside of regulation and, mo- and uh, management, it's the motivation. How motivated am I to understand something that's different and may not necessarily be yeah. like values I bring into the into this classroom? Yep. Right. And so earlier today, Kevin, you talked about youth culture. Right. Yep. And generationally speaking, if I am a certain age or if I've experienced things differently, it might be hard for me to accept or to be open to this youth culture that we're experiencing today. Yeah. And it all goes back to relationships. Yep. Can I share relationships as a result of what I'm hearing that's different? Can I sustain relationships as a result of what I'm hearing that's common and different at the same time? So there is literally this experience of being a lifelong learner. Yeah. Say that I, and I think, all the time, but we really don't truly mean it. No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we say, we say growth mindset. And I think okay. a lot of times when adults, when we say growth mindset to kids, we're like, you need to have a growth mindset yep, yep, so that you yep. can do what I'm telling you to do. Where's your growth mindset, children? Mm. You have to, you know. And so mm. I think there's this very, very finger wagging sort of um, conversation about growth mindset. Something I hear you sort of hinting at, and you can tell me if I'm way off base on this. I also think it's like communication and how we develop like, so when we say inclusive, when we say authentic relationships, when, when we, when we talk about soft skills, you know, and when we talk about difference, like Kev, how many times have we seen kids get into it in a classroom because they are not communicating effectively? It's like a kid says something and another kid's like, what did you say? And instead of the kid saying, actually, what I said was this, the kid's like, who are you talking to? And the other kid's like, who are you talking to? And then it turns into this like big thing. And you're like, okay, time out, Kevin. She just asked her friend that was it. That was was like, it was not, it was not, it was not that big of a deal. And so I think about, (laughs) but, but I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've like seen this. I'm like, let's, let's relax a little bit. Like, I think you are talking past each other and at each other, but not to each other. Gerardo, (laughs) I've said, Dr. Glover, you've seen this. We've seen this with our colleagues, grown adults. Even more so. so. Like Kevin and I have both. Kevin and I, and I think you have too, in your capacity as a principal, Dr. Glover, like um, Kevin and I have been um, senior team leads. We've been peer evaluators of of other teachers. And there's times I'm sitting there with my laptop and I'm like, oh man, you need to word this a lot 
differently and simpler you need to pot like the children do not know what you're talking about right now <laughs> right right, think, right. Like, teaching is hard teaching is hard yeah. i have anxiety i get it and i had to learn how to okay what is it i'm actually trying to say and then and then trying to model that for kids model pausing where i'm like Okay, you know what, y'all? I'm like walking around and it is really clear that I did not communicate what I needed you to do very well. <laughs> and then they'll be like, nah, Munoz, that's real. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing, but we really like you. So we're trying to do it. <laughs> kids, kids go along with it because they think they they're, they're, they're like, like there's, a, there's a, they're like, a book that you got that tells you uh, everything that you're doing. Like, they're like, where do these lessons come from? Where do you get, like, they've asked me, I teach sixth grade. And so my sixth graders are often like, where, where, where do you get these PowerPoints from? And I'm like, I make them. <laughs> right. Like you make, you come up with the questions that you ask us. And, and, then, and then they're like, oh, you made those? I'm like, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you say? I know what's wrong. But I mean, I think, like, I think, I think that's, that's so what important. we model. Yeah. That's it's pulling back the curtain for them that we are yes. real people. You know, like I, and. Yes. I don't know about you guys, but like growing up, I always thought, oh, there's a point where I'm grown up and like I get some sort of secret and I see how the world runs. But then I realized I'm like, oh, no, the world is just like kids who've grown Wait, up and, no, and they're running waiting. the world. I'm still and that's waiting for it. My, it's like you got to trust and know yourself. Book, you're still waiting. I'm still waiting for my handbook. Like there isn't I, a handbook. You're you're telling me there isn't a handbook. There's no, no it's handbook. Funny. So so I left teaching, as everybody knows. And like one of the hardest things to adjust to was being completely unsupervised <laughs> out uh, here yes. in the world. Like where, because as, as teachers, like the schools are set up in the ways that a lot of us set up our classrooms. I don't know if that's trickle down or trickle up or a little bit of both where <laughs> it's like, you feel like, okay, I know that it's seven forty-five, So my period one starts now. So I need, yeah. you know, so that's when I really got to turn it on. I'm here in central. I'm kind of looking around saying like, Man, I could be doing anything right now and nobody is correcting me. <laughs> like, it's like when you and, move out finally and you're like, I can stay up as late as I it, it, goes, from lesson, it goes from lesson planning to project managing. But yeah, exactly. But but what I think of is a real um, it's really important because you know, I've I've referenced social media a bunch of times. I might have a problem. Um, but um, but <laughs> like what you see on social media is a bunch of people who have a lot of takes and who haven't actually developed this emotional intelligence, right? Uh, where we're out there, somebody gave you a Twitter account and now you just kind of do whatever and you, and you kind of while out. And so what you're saying is that, and, it, and, and I love how this comes full circle to your research and to the establishment of disruptive university, like, to to really amplify and to send her student voice, you actually have to be really present with yourself and you have to be really self-aware and you have to have confidence in the things that you're good at and an awareness of, I don't have all of the answers. I actually don't know if I have any answers. Right, 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 right. You, you can't center scholar voice without centering yourself. And, um, you know, when I think about, and Kevin, I, 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 I think that you were, I don't know, maybe you were getting at this as well, but like centering myself also means feet, like taking constructive criticism and feedback, right? Like yep. Yep. My, my scholars say, Hey, Ms. Hey, Dr. G like, yeah, this is not, um, how, <laughs> this was terrible. Like, yeah, this, this is not, it. Saying, this is not, not it. Terrible, da, 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 whatever 
is said, it's all right, because I am here to serve you. What do I need to do differently? Right. And so I think that we get so caught up in this power struggle as educators trying to pour in what we believe they think that we lose sight of the fact that they are coming into the classroom as experts of their own experiences. That's right. And I think when when you see scholars as experts of their own experiences, the work for within you begins to happen differently. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think that's something that's not necessarily happening. So to your point, um, you're talking about emotional intelligence and centering scholar voice. It starts with you because their voice will either be, um, you know, uh, pushed away or invited in based upon the development of your classroom community. Yeah, that's right. It's that great line from Remember the Titans, right? The attitude reflects leadership. Mm-hmm. So if you have, um, if you have the the teacher as the leader of the classroom the lead learner i always tried to see myself as a lead learner and um and our friend zainab uh kev who talks about uh student-centered teacher powered where it's centered on students but the teacher has resources and you know ways of addressing things but the students always set the priority but i think about that so if you've got a teacher leader in in a room who is reflective and present and admits when they're wrong and apologizes when they do harm, then what's going to happen is that you could actually have a a space of scholars, love that you're intentionally choosing that word, who will also reflect those values, but in their own way. And I, and I think that's, I think that's an, an incredible thing. I was going to say something else and I don't remember, but it was, but it was probably good, but maybe it wasn't. I'm sure it was good. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Right. Kevin, you yeah. look so happy for a Monday. Look at you. I didn't work today. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I, I oh, no, I called in. It's no, a teal oh. day, a professional development day. But I was also thinking, uh, and Dr. Glover, I don't know if the rest of Two Dope Nation knows this, but um, I've accepted a position to be an assistant principal next year. Hey. So this, the job is changing for me after 18 years wow. in the classroom teaching Wow. Uh, social studies. I've, I'm finally, I've been, I was, have the opportunity to become an assistant principal at my school yep. uh, where I've been for the last 11 years where I met. So wait, wait, you're making, you're making an announcement right now. I think so. It I is. think this it's is official. Like we're celebrating. There we with go. Yes. Oh, celebrate. yes. The official announcement, but, uh, but just, you know, I think thinking about all of this stuff and even like, even having a PD day where you take off, like, and knowing ourselves, it's like, wh- what do we need to do to make sure we're ready to do this job at the level? And like, even when you talk about being able to open to criticism, right? I think of uh, Erica Badu and that line at the beginning of uh, the live version of Call Tyrell, where she's like, now remember, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my <laughs> shit. I'm sensitive about my shit. You know, and I think when we come at it, we are. But we have to remember, like, we are an artist for the people, right? And so if if the people ain't feeling it, we got to check ourselves, right? As long as, as long as the people, as as long as I'm popping in these streets. Oh, that's dope. That's a great connection. And and I got it. 
Hey, because listen, if because if you I don't care what type of artist you are, if your music ain't popping, is you gonna lose some people that's gonna. No, nah, yeah, you'll it. definitely. You gotta change something up. You yeah. gotta change yeah. something up. Your homies and your parents might still download, but that's gonna that, be about that, it. Everybody. Kev, that makes me think of a of a of a friend we have, a mutual friend, Jen, who uh, we taught social studies with for years. This person would not only give a Google, Google form regularly to her students to fill out, to give her feedback, she would then project Just their feedback it. in oh, front it. of the whole class. What? And she, and, and, and it. it wasn't, Own and it. it wasn't, it wasn't to be like, okay, so you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. No, it wasn't that. It was saying, this is an interesting point. And wow, no one's ever been this honest with me. And, yep. you know, and and just and how really, can I fix this? What can I do differently? And I'm like, oh, that's I ain't, dumb. Try, I ain't trying to do all that. Oh, that's <laughs> but, dumb. I love it. it was, yeah, it was such it was, it was such an example to me about the possibilities of what happened because her students respected her and they yep. really looked up to her and, and they, they really felt that they learned from her, yep. um, even to the point where my daughter was preparing for an AP exam and got feedback from Rick her called her some of her <laughs> writing. And so nope. Nope. Whoa. And so, so it's like, those are the kinds of things that like, it, it is that type of humility to say, I don't know everything. Yeah. I can't change everything, but like, what an incredible, and, and, you know, for me, I always like to tell my students, it was like, this is a really unfair deal actually. Cause all of you just get to learn from me. I get to learn from all of you. You yeah. have one teacher. I have 30 yeah. teachers. And that is wild to me. And I feel like that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I get all this learning and, you know, but I think that being able to see that um, when students are able to, because that's, that's what, when we talk about centering student voice and you, and you name engagement as one of um, one of the tenets here, it's one of the tenets of disruptive university. Um, you can get student voice if they're engaged. Yeah. How do you engage them? Well, you model that this is what thoughtful people do this is what empathetic people do this is what people who have really hard questions and who are working on themselves do you create that norm and then that's where you get student voice yep. you know one of the things that i wanted to be intentional about uh within the book was really talking about repairing harm like uh um and when i say repairing harm mm -hmm. i, I specifically want to say relationships that have been damaged as a result of differences in the classroom yeah. Um, I've realized that folks struggle with not holding grudges. Oh, and, oh my gosh. Yep. and you know what? I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I was very naive about that. Like, I really believe I was naive. I believe that folks, <laughs> I guess, thought like me. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, um, so, and so that was a point in the book that was really very, that resonated with me the most. So when I was in the classroom, I was an intervention specialist, but I worked with scholars who were categorized as emotionally disturbed. Mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of advocating that I had to do as a yep. result of yep. what they did prior to me coming, what they're doing when I'm not there, what they might yep. do yeah. when I leave, right? And yep. so, yep. Yeah. like, all of that stuff helped me to understand, well, goodness, this is really all about, like, us holding a grudge. Yeah. Like, how to work mm -hmm. through what I need to get past to to be able to look at you as a human and not yeah. as a person who's like coming to just mess around my class. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. That I had to figure out myself too. That's so deep. Like I remember even like, I remember um, an administrator we worked with Kev back in the day where there was, there was a couple of students that were 
that were constantly engaging in behaviors that were disruptive and that weren't helpful for that it was harmful to other students. Yep. Um, it created all this tension. And I remember this admin just always treating these kids with such kindness and so and always so happy to see them. And I remember her saying, Yeah, I mean, you had a hard day today, but I'm I'm ready to keep loving you tomorrow you know, and we're going to keep on doing that. And I, I think that that part of not holding a grudge is really important. And, and something that I think also is important when you talk about re repairing harm, you know, as, as teachers, we've all committed harm against yep. kids at some point. Yep. We're not perfect individuals. And not intentionally, not intentionally. No, and not, no, intentionally, not intentionally, right. Intentionally. Like, and I just remember um, even like, even pretty late in my career, when I thought I was kind of past this stuff, just really getting into a confrontation with a student. And I remember it just got real ugly. And a lot of people were like, uh oh, what is happening? It was like one of those incidents in the yeah, hallway. Yeah, yeah. And when I saw him next, I remember saying, hey, man, like we had a real issue yesterday, but I, I need to apologize to you for the way I spoke to you. Like, if somebody had spoken to me the way I spoke to you, I mean, we would have had to fight like and yep. the, the level of disrespect I showed you is not OK. And I just want to apologize. And I was like, if you ever want to talk about the stuff that happened, just let me know. But right now, I know I just owe you an apology. And, you know, and the student was really distant for a really long time and then eventually changed schools. Um, but then at the end of that school year, he came by with his little girlfriend and was like, Mr. Can we get a selfie? This is my teacher. And I was like, wow, okay. I guess, I guess we've moved into a better space. But it is interesting how how hard it is for for folks to apologize to kids. Yes. Um, when in yep. fact, when you do that, you're actually setting an example that it's okay to apologize. Like it's okay to apologize when you are wrong, you know. Humanity and grace are oftentimes the least things we pay attention to. Seeing the hum humanity in folks and giving grace is oftentimes the least thing that we do intentionally, right? Yeah. Like, especially in that space. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so grateful for this conversation. Um, speaking of humanity and grace, we we have one more segment uh, that we, we need to do. Kevin, would you do the honors? Well, you know, I, uh, we, we, we are patrons of the arts here at the Two Dope Teachers in a Mic podcast. And, That's right. And I think an art that has impacted both of us dearly is hip hop. I see you, Wu. Is, is hip hop. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, and because we, we are flexible, we, we interview lots of varieties of um, lots of folks with a variety of interests. Lots right? of people. So, some folks are are very much about hip hop and ready to speak on it. Some folks, I mean, we and we don't ask everybody about hip hop. I'm just going to yeah, say that we don't. We ask don't. Everybody we don't, about we give them options, but but, yeah. but some people were like, "We'd love to get this person's talk take on on the most like one of the most controversial questions that exist in the hip hop uh, uh, rap." <laughs> R&B world. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. And, yeah, I mean, and people, people have said, I'm not even answering this question. Yeah. Some people have said, I'm not, I'm not going there. We, some we see you, is, Dr. LeGarrette King. We see you. Some oh, people say, Dr. King. Some people I had say, a conversation with him before. Did you? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah. Dr. King Never, was like, I'm going to, I'm going to give, give you so a work list. Together. He's yeah. like, but my, my disclaimer is this, this isn't, this may not really be my list. Be but my I, list. I can't. 
yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you okay. might have a barber shop list, right? Yeah. Because because you gotta you gotta be able to stand <laughs> up to it, you know, if you go to the shop yep. and they yeah. and they, they ask for it or why'd you why'd you say this? But but I mean it's we, why this is a dangerous podcast. It's why our this critical podcast question is, so is who is your top five? Top She's five sweating now, bullets, y'all. Now, now I am <laughs> because because it's controversial. We give some outs because however you want to take it. So mm-hmm. it can be artist or group. Okay. Right. We mm-hmm. also allow for uh, you don't have to put them in order. It doesn't have to be like one is number one. Unless yeah, we're you want to do that. We decolonize the hierarchies. Right. That, we decolonize the hierarchies. Awesome hierarchies if you want. That. If if it changes, we we don't hold you accountable to that. If at times you come back, I mean, it's a snapshot. Really, it's just a snapshot. Um, Also, tell her, tell, tell Dr. Glover, the Eric Hale rule. The Eric Hale rule is, is you can have multiple like top number threes. So (laughs) you can have like eight number threes. (laughs) Yeah. So Eric, Eric Hale, uh, 2020, 2021 Texas teacher of the year was like, well, here's my top five. And then he has all these ties, you know, tie for second, he's tie for third. and then he said, <laughs> and then he said, but if it was a top 10, it would be this, but if it was a top 15, it would be this. And then, you know, I do have to shout out a few more. He must've named 45 rappers by the time it was over. Um, <laughs> we're here for it. We're okay. here for it. So, okay. you know, we hope this has made this relatively safe. Okay. Um and or did we make it worse? Worse, <laughs> definitely <laughs> made it worse. Definitely made it worse. Like, I feel, hey, look, I feel confident. I start writing this stuff. Like, like, <laughs> oh wait, wait. Uh, oh no. <laughs> All right, okay. So, Kevin, thanks for the. uh I mean, wonderfully painted picture of how not to embarrass yourself. Yes, yes, um, <laughs> yes. It's critical. So here, here is. A list of folks who, in terms of the generation that I was growing up in, yes, that okay. I was experiencing, yes. and 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 the wittiness behind their lyrics. So, like, oh, so the, speaking, the wittiness, and I'm yes. talking about the wittiness. And I say that because I didn't realize when I started teaching and in, 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 how much I was using that wit. Yep. Mm. Yep. That's so right. Like, I'm honoring that, and I'm not. Uh, what you say if I don't say your name, artist? I'm looking at you. It doesn't mean you're not witty. That's right. <laughs> that's that's right. right. Don't get mad. That's right. These are the individuals that I remember. You know, and th- I'm so right. glad you said that because so many um, uh, platinum rappers listen to this podcast that they will they will contact us and we'll be like we'll be like, oh, <laughs> it ain't like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So let me give you my witty. I'm excited. I'm excited. Right. Yeah. My witty with the gritty. All witty right? with, with the gritty. 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 <laughs> yes. So I definitely, and I and my witty with the great gritty, in my opinion, is folks who I believe will um, transcend time. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I'm deaf. Tupac. Yes. Is my witty with the gritty. Always. Biggie is my witty with the gritty. Chance. Transcend yeah. time. Jay Z. Is my witty? Ah, see, Hove, you're on here. Don't even get mad. <laughs> hey, Hove. Hey, Hove. <laughs> Don't trip. It's not a Don't delta. Trip. I'm in the gamma roll, so I can't throw up the rock. Yep, you can't. Yep, you can't. Yep, 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 but yep, I all see right. you. <laughs> ah, I love it. Here um, for it. Lil Wayne. Yes. 
Uh, this might be the free. first. Is this the first appearance of Lil Wayne on the podcast? Oh, or on, I on feel the like someone five? else has said Wayne, man, but he Wayne doesn't oh. come up often. Man. I think it was DC. DC did it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Man, if you're talking about Witty, <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't be Wayne. Sleep on Lil Wayne. All right, I've been. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I have been sleeping on Lil Wayne. Man, I might have to Witty. give it another listen. Yeah. He'll yeah. say something, and the moment you hear it, you're like, "Oh, okay." You hear it again, you like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah." He's okay. cold with, cold with. Okay. He puts together and like, okay. Okay. And you have to like work through his lines, and you like, you think he's saying one thing, and then Wayne will be saying something totally different okay. once you break it all Man, down. Kev, but Kev, but you you like everybody's top five. Like I've never heard you disagree with anybody's hey, Kevin, top five ever. You know what, Kevin? Because they're all right. Kevin, you know what I hey people used to be asking me, like, who are you picking to win? I'm like the winner. That's it. Okay? That's why like, I will not lose That's if I pick the winner. That's I right. I like that. that. I, I wish I like that. That's it. I like um, it. my next one, this is gonna be up for discussion. Oh, and I only say up for discussion because this person you're not questioning like, yourself, you're just no, saying no, no, I no. recognize I, just, I, I know recognize. if I was in a barbershop, people would be at <laughs> yep. all right. Like this person reminds me of Andre 3000. But they're a female. Oh, but Lauren it's not Hill. Andre 3000. Lauren All right. Hill. Wait, say Lauren. it again. Lauren. Lauren Hugh. Lauren Hugh. I think we. <clears throat> Lauren, people will say Lauren was ahead of her time. I would say she's perfect for her time. We just well ready. Yep, that's right. And, that's right. And then, and then Lauren had pivoted and saw things differently for herself. But I can only imagine. Think about how young she was when she started. So, like, that's yeah. what I think about Andre 3000. I think about those two. No, like, I think they're that, still household names for me. Well, Seriously. when you think about Lauren and you think about Andre 3000, it's like these are folks who are artists, like mm -hmm. artists, like you have rappers and then you have artists. Artist. And I think that like every time I listen to um, to to any of Lauren Hill's work, especially the early stuff, I hear something different. Yes. Where I'm kind of like, did you hear that breath control? Hold yes. up. Like, did you hear... <laughs> Did you hear that lyricism? Like, and and it's it's one of, like Lauren Hill's music is is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, right. I also think some of the criticisms of her are kind of steeped in some misogynoir, and I and I don't yep. appreciate that. But um, I that I mean I I it's up for discussion because I could talk about Lauren Hill's music forever. And I love it, <laughs> Lauren Hill, man. I love me. Yeah, so I love it. And then there's a couple other people that I'm going to talk about in terms of wittiness and I, that have not yet transcended time yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and oh, hey, everybody that's listening, that was no, that was not in any particular order. Okay. That's right. It wasn't okay. a ranking. Okay. It wasn't a ranking. If y'all yeah, heard it, is a ranking. ranking that's on it's you. That's that's. I got to speak to my guy, J. Cole. Yes. Uh, my gosh, J. Cole, J. Cole, J. Cole. Yeah. I got to speak to my guy, La Russell. Yes. New on the scene, but when I'm I I'm not familiar like, with this rap. I'm not oh, familiar man, with this one. You got to check him out out of California, out the Bay yep. Area, man. And all right, all right. This, this guy, man, you ever, like, I'm trying to figure out who who in the uh, NBA when they poop is eat Steph. You know how Steph make things easy, look easy. Yep, like, yep, yep, I, yep. I can go and shoot a three after I see Steph. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. The Russell. Like, okay. Is that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like he be laughing. Yep, like, I'm like, yep, no. yep. Like, you just having fun. You can yep. try it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Definitely so down to Russell. learn about this one. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and thank me later. Hit me I up. I will. I'm going to thank you now. I'm going to thank it. you now. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> 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 um and then um and, and and i'm gonna say eminem 
All right. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you on that one. When I I'm say witty, with you. when I say, witty. Witty. Yeah. yep, 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 when I'm yep. Saying yeah. witty, he got I'm not saying, he got punch I'm not saying that all his songs move me. Yep. Right. Right. I right. am not saying that he is all of hip hop. Yep. I'm saying that this guy is witty. But and I think for me, for me, it's like there are these, there are these, these rappers that sometimes you miss the message because yeah. the lyricism yeah. is so clever so advanced. and so and so i think about that you know um instead of instead of getting crowned you're getting capped like it's just like re like hearing that whole verse so i could get that my my child has me in her phone as uh eminem's number one fan which is not fair but um <laughs> he said not fair <laughs> not fair not super fair but yeah. she's a hater and it's all there good was one, there was once upon a time where jay-z was like only you uh some you moving units is pimp juice him and us remember yep, that yep, yeah yeah he yep, talks yep, about, yep. yeah. about him there yeah. you know what i'm saying so like um i got two i got a couple more and i'm done i promise yep nas great nas nas well definitely look. nas made Ding. you look <laughs> yeah yeah and then kendrick lamar yes i love pulitzer prize winning uh artist kendrick lamar yeah um th this is fantastic uh I, I i love this list but kevin has the final say uh i approve i i i i know you think i'm biased but this is this is the type of list <laughs> i approve of hey, it's, I made it's, it. it's, it's a it's a you know like this there's there's some truth to that list, right? Yeah. They're, like Lauren Hill has arguably like you think about impact of records, right? Yeah. Lord, the Miseducation is one of the most impactful records all around. Yeah. Right. And 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 it Ready has a, a, a diversity. If we think about like all of those artists, there's a diversity. There's an evolution of of their catalog. You know, even even Pac and Biggie. You know, even taken taken so early, their catalogs evolved so much, you know, throughout their short amount of time. And Pac, again, was maybe one of the most productive artists out there next to like E-40. Mm -hmm. You know, like like yeah. I, don't, I don't know, like Pac, Pac put stuff out. He yeah. wrote songs. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I think there's so like when you, when you talked about the the witty and the clever in the gritty, like I'm looking at this list, I'm saying, yeah, it's hard to argue with with any of these. Um, particularly like as you kind of went through it, like some of the wittiest lines of these of these rappers kind of came up. For me, it was Pac solo on the Digital Underground song. That was the first time I like heard him. So I clown around when I hang around with, yeah, the, with underground. the underground. Like that, this like whole thing was amazing. J. Cole is one that I've just completely just fallen into like deeply like j cole the students that i used to teach really his 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 words and his stories and his messages uh resonated with folks no role models um is like incredible and then right now my favorite one that i over listen to i think i have it memorized at this point um is uh knock the hustle that he does with cause yeah. and um and that one's incredible because just just kind of speaks to that like the guilt and the pain that comes from surviving and it's just like emotionally there's that vulnerability that's there um yeah this is a great list so what we're going to do with this list is we will um, make a playlist and we will post it 
uh, at twodopeachers.com to accompany the episode. Uh, we're going to call it the glove and basketball uh, playlist. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, hey, you got to make sure if you do J. Cole, either Middle Child or 1985. Either there we right, go. All right. There we go. Middle Child or 1985. I don't care which one because it's yep. the handle. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. And if you, if you have other requests, like, you know, send those on to us. Um, where do people find you? Where do people find your book? Folks can find my book at um, centrainstudentvoice.com. Uh, you can find me at uh, Dr. Erica Glover uh, on Twitter. You can find me at Dr. Erica Glover on LinkedIn. Um, and you can also find me at Dr. Uh, Erica Glover on Instagram. On the gram. That's where we right. found you. Um, that's right. awesome. Well, so uh, go get the book on Centering Student Voice. Be ready to do that self-work. Um, and be ready to really lead by example and do those things. Um, so the last thing we do is I'll ramble a little bit. And then um, on my cue, the three of us will say stay dope together because that's what we have to do in these education streets. For our incredible guest, author, scholar, baller, uh, oh. Dr. Erica Glover. For my outstanding, fantastic, most talented man in the schoolhouse, Kevin Adams. I am merely Gerardo Munoz, and, and I'm encouraging you to stay centering your own experiences, stay emotionally intelligent, stay lighthearted because this stuff is way too serious to take too seriously. Um, stay vulnerable, stay in this work in a humanizing way, and beyond all of those things, you gotta make sure that you always stay, stay dope. dope. There we yeah, go. Yeah, let's stay dope. Let me make sure I don't just turn this off. <laughs> uh oh, I'm sharing screen.